Welcome to Empower Dash 2021. My name is Ashley Turner and I am your podcast host who is a domestic violence survivor and is here to empower you to say fuck you to your adversity and go from being a survivor of your life to thriving in your life. So let's get straight into this shit. Welcome back to Empower Dash, guys. Today we've got two girls with me. This is a little bit of queen power right here. We're going to be talking about our personal single parenting journeys and I know this topic has come up for a couple of years since I've done this podcast. I don't really touch on this personally as a single parent because once I pick up one rock there's a lot of little cockroaches that come out that I have to go through and explain. So today I've got uh, Misha and Liv. We are ex-Darwin girls or currently Misha's living in Darwin so that's how we get along. So this is just a full upfront. There will be a lot of swearing. You all know my podcast by now. You all know Liv. She's been on here a hundred times. We know she's got a potty mouth and that's why we both love her, bless her, <laughs> and everything like that. So we're literally going to be breaking down today single parenting, the stigmas, the benefits, the pros, the cons, the bloody tears, why we're rocking in the corner sometimes, but also the benefits and everything like that. And I think it's great because we've all got different experiences or we've had different journeys as well with co-parenting or non-existent baby daddies or very difficult sort of situations and stuff like that that we've all faced. So firstly, I will introduce these lovely ladies. We've got Liv, we've got Misha. Liv, over to you to just give us a quick intro. Hello, how are we? Um, I'm Liv, Victoria, now not Darwin anymore. Um, I have been a single parent since my little boy was four months old and he turned five in September. So, yep. There we go, one child. And Misha. Um, so I'm obviously in Darwin. Um, <laughs> I've been a single parent since I was 15 weeks pregnant, so that was a bit of a shock to the system. Um, so I actually, to be honest, don't know any different, and I guess when I see people that aren't single parents, I'm like, oh, you have to deal with a man too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love and, that. And great is that she's four now, so it's been a hot minute. Fuck, that's gone fast. That, I swear that's gone fast. With that, it's probably not gone fast for you, but it's gone fast for me as an outsider watching all of that. The years are fast, the days are slow. <laughs> exactly. So you've just heard a little glimpse of that. We've all had different experiences, and I've literally been a single mom since I was 21. So what's that? Eight years, I think I've been a single mom for. So good little... What's he when you became a single mom? Um, he was one. So... Yeah. The breakup was a 21st birthday present to myself. Oh, boom. <laughs> yeah, happy birthday. <laughs> we, we will go into that. And Misha knows the baby daddy. That's why she will roll her eyes throughout this whole bloody thing. So, and I know her. another day, chicken. I rolled my eyes then. <laughs> exactly. So, I love this. So, first things first, I'm going to start off with is what was the decision to become a single parent. And I know everyone listening will have different circumstances. It might be that you, you and your spouse are divorced, or you split up, you go separate ways, one might pass away, or we just might be in situations like all of us where we just probably wasn't the right relationship, right sort of flow, energy, what we wanted to do with our lives. But Liv, I wanted to keep it off with you first. What was that sort of decision for you to become a single parent? Uh, I was in domestic violence relationship, so I already knew when I was pregnant, that um, you hold out high hopes that things will change, but it doesn't. And, yeah, um, when, obviously, my son was born, I I had made the decision while I was pregnant that if I hadn't changed, then I'd be out within six months and I had a plan in place ready to go. Um, And in my head to make sure that he never experienced an upbringing of seeing domestic violence and thinking that behaviour is okay. So essentially my whole entire pregnancy was if this isn't changing, then, yeah, I'm definitely done and out. So, yeah, that was me. Mm, it's hor- horrific. And that's how you, know, you and I have connected, obviously not with my baby daddy one, but the devil yeah. after him. Um, yeah. That's how we sort of connected. And Misha's smiling because she's yeah. like, yes, yes, queen, yes, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Misha, over to you. What was that decision to become a single parent? Um, that was completely not my decision. Um, that was uh, 
hey, that woman has been um, in your life for the past six months. What the fuck? <laughs> so um, my ex was having an online affair, basically, um, unbeknown to me. Um, so that probably, from what I kind of gathered in all of the separation, I think it started in March. I found out I was pregnant in about August or September. And when I found out, I was already 10 weeks along. Um, and he was gone by 15 weeks gestation. And he, yeah, he he was moved on. He had a different life that I didn't know about. So for me, it wasn't exactly my decision. Mm-hmm. So it was, yeah, it was like my whole world came crumbling down and I just had to wing it. Fucking hell. And I didn't even know that was the reason why. So that's why I was in shock then. Um, far out. And mine for everyone is, yes, was with the baby daddy. You know, your first love kind of thing. You think they're amazing. And then you have a child with them and you go, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> um, that was more pressure, I guess, from family, from me to go, you have to have, get married. Do you want to go have more children? And I was like, this is not the person that I want to spend the rest of my life with. Like, not happening. I'm 21 fuck this and he's obviously um did not appreciate me they all do when they're young they don't understand what they've got and then they leave and then they try to crawl back and you let me know they're happening so that was my sort of story with that one so good like you know different perspectives with all of that and really what i wanted to jump into next is what was the initial struggles as a single parent right at the start when you became one versus where you are now have the struggles sort of change or have they eased off a bit? So, Liv, over to you. Um, my biggest concern was obviously not working. So, um, we were in a significant amount of debt with houses and all of that, um, not working with a four-month-old. So, it was a huge financial decision to walk away from that and have no financial support from him whatsoever um, whilst trying to obviously deal with the separation and everything like that. Um, so that was probably my biggest struggle. It wasn't missing the relationship or thinking I hadn't like made the right decision. I knew that it was a short-term struggle, a really hard struggle for a long-term gain. So that was probably my I need to do now, don't I? Yeah. That's yeah. why I'm looking at you like, yes, you're not finished. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, again, I still have no financial support from the father whatsoever. Um, and, yeah, but you know what? I can do it all on my own. And happily and financially, we are a million times better off. So, and it's kind of cool that you can do it all on your own and, don't need any backup financially or anything emotionally keep saying. It's one of those like moments in life where you're like, holy shit, I am like, you know, a twenty something year old when you're still first trying to, you know, be a single parent, trying to figure out who the fuck you are, what you want in your life, and you're raising some other little human and you're like, Fuck, yeah. am I damaging them or am I doing great things for them? Like, it's yeah. one of those things. And to look back, when you look back on your journey, you go, oh, my God, they're still alive. They're happy. They're healthy. I'm doing something right. So They've got a roof over their head. <laughs> they are happy. They are stable. And the biggest thing I find that was like a struggle for me was not believing that I was good enough to be a single parent and that side of it. So that was probably my biggest struggle was, yeah. Yes, financially burdened and everything like that. But feeling like I didn't provide my child with the life that I envisioned, that I always wanted for my kids or to give them that two-parent household, um, which now my mind is he's got one happy home and that is better than what some other mm-hmm. children in this world have. So we're lucky yes and we'll explore more about all the mummy guilt a little bit later on because that's one of them and Misha over to you um so I guess in the start for me it was this is not how it's meant to be this is not the life I was bringing a kid into this and I think because it was such a shock it wasn't like a oncoming thing it wasn't like that thought had crossed my mind and even the pregnancy itself was a shock because we were both had been to doctors and we'll, our chances were pretty slim. So when this surprise 
little button came along and we were like, holy shit. But, yeah, I think for me the biggest issue is I was like, this is not the life for a kid. This is, and I grew up in a whole house. So, like, my parents are still together. They've been together since my dad was a teenager. So, and the way we were raised is you pick your person and you get through life with your person and you battle everything with your person. So, for me, I picked my person. Poor choice, but picked my person. And when he was gone, I was like, oh, Mm. Okay, so this is where life ends. And, yeah, the biggest struggle, I guess, was the unknown and being the only one in my family that now is a single mum and I felt like I was a disappointment, mm-hmm. which 100% I wasn't, but irrational thinking at the time, I just thought, what in the fuck? Like, yeah. this is not life. And um, we had a house together. Lots and lots and lots of debt. And he kind of walked out with his bag of clothes and said, see ya. And it was a big, what, how, the financial thing, like I'm about to be on mat leave, like we're in almost, you know, a million dollars of debt and he's just living his best life. Mm-hmm. Um, which, and I'm really grateful for my brother. He came in, picked up the pieces, you know, and now like we own the house together and all of that. So... I had that family to just come in and, and they just backed me. And the thing my dad always said and still says to this day, he's like, I can't fix your heart, but I can fix your financial issues. And if that's one less stress for you to worry about, concentrate on you and your kid. Mm-hmm. And that now, um, I guess, yeah, I don't know any difference. So now, I, str- I to be honest, I struggle with the thought of being with someone and having a kid with someone because I'm like, uh, I have to actually consult you on things. I can't just do what I do and you're going to have your way of raising kids and I have my way of raising kids and you can't tell me what to do because this is my kid. Yeah. <laughs> I think we which all like, struggle. Yeah, which like with like my daughter's dad now, we do have a better relationship now. Like time has passed and like, you know, we still have our bickering moments but we are in a better place and because he is kind of, he lives in Melbourne, so it's not like an everyday Mm. situation. I just do as I please and on the important things, obviously I tell him, but there's no in-house, like, this Mm. is what the rules are. Me and Greg just wing it. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's what we all do. We all bloody wing it. And I love that. I love that. Um, (laughs) You have to consult with someone. That's like my worst nightmare. Getting like yeah. dating. It's just someone trying to tell you like, oh, this is what the kid has to do. Or this is how we're raising it. I just, I don't know any difference. I'd like, that's not how it goes. So you're gonna have to pack your bags. Yeah. Sorry about it. <laughs> Weakest link. Goodbye. <laughs> Get out of house. <laughs> I love that. And similar to both of you, mine was. Yeah, look, I think because I was really prepared like you, Liz, I was like, I've got an exit plan. This is what I'm doing. If he doesn't change his behaviors, and I sort of just went. And lucky for me at that time, I had a very good paying job and I was earning more than him. So I was like, I've got this. I can sort this all out. But it's more the, um, and we'll get to it later when it comes to, I guess, the co-parenting. He literally disappeared because I broke his heart so much that he thought it was okay that you could just disappear from your child's life kind of thing. So I've never had any support from that man. And we'll, um, in relation to <laughs> some child support, haven't seen any for a very, very long time until um, earlier this year. I got a very large sum and I thought it was like drug money because I was so confused with what was going on because Long story short, he ended up in prison a few years ago for drug charges and whatever else he was doing. So I thought the government was paying his um, child support with his, you know, drug money that they took. Yeah, so I was a bit like, oh, my God, what is all this? But apparently he hadn't done his taxes in, like, eight years. So that's what it was. But my initial shock was, oh, my God, I've got his drug money now. as <laughs> child support. <laughs> Oh, it was, I was having a meltdown, but there you go. And that's not how I bought my Tesla, if that's what everyone is thinking right now as well. But, yes, yeah, so I did get it. He's still in a lot more debt, but we got there eventually eight years down the 
bloody track. <laughs> Don't you love that? Okay, next question for us all is what do you love about being a single parent? And what don't you like about being a single parent? And we've sort of just touched on bits and pieces of this. So, Liv, what do you love about it and what do you hate about it? I love the relationship that my son and I have. If there was someone else in the equation, our relationship would be entirely different. I love that I can raise him to be this sweet, caring soul. And essentially, like, I feel like I'm raising to create my dream man. <laughs> yeah so, um you know like i'm all for like men expressing their emotions and putting like their feelings out there and i make sure that we have those meaningful conversations and he i find my son like emotionally is very advanced and everything like that as where i think if i think not a single parent i don't believe those attributes would be there. And certainly if I was with his father, they 110% wouldn't because he is, men don't have emotions, away you go. Um, so, yeah, that's probably my biggest one is, yeah, like I've got this phenomenal relationship with my son and it's just as simple as like we just have a routine and nothing messes that up. Like we just know that, he knows his bedtime and he's like, Mummy, it's fine, I need to go to bed. And he just waddles off to bed and he's like, tuck me in and read me a book. But he knows before bedtime he cleans up all his toys because I've got OCD and I won't be cleaning up after you. So, <laughs> um, just, yeah, honestly, we've just got this awesome routine. We're both so happy and settled. Um, things I don't like about it, and sometimes it can be really lonely at night time. Like, it would be nice to have that company and like that bit extra support because you know if you've had a shit long day at work and you're exhausted emotionally um and you just feel drained you have no backup you don't have someone else there to be like don't worry babe like I'll cook dinner tonight like I've got it um or just knowing that you can vent to someone else at the end of the day you just sort of deal with it and sometimes it's lonely I find mm-hmm. so yeah that's obviously my biggest one you go. and Misha what about you much the same as Liv like my relationship with my daughter is something else and anyone that knows us well enough will tell you the same like our, we've got this little best friend tribe um, as she's gotten older though it is a struggle because we are both strong personalities um, and <laughs> the deep pool that also helped create her is a very strong-headed side of the family. So, um, but yeah, like our relationship is something else. And I think the kind of person her father is um, and his beliefs, I worry about what her confidence and that kind of thing would have been like had he have been in the picture full-time mm-hmm. um, because I wasn't myself towards the end of that relationship I was a shell of a person kind of thing and I guess now being on the outside looking back in I'm kind of I'm glad my daughter's not in that environment because I think she would have been a very different kind of person where now she's this bubbly outspoken no filter confident little girl um and I guess she watches me not put up with shit and think also she knows she doesn't need anyone she mm-hmm. and sometimes that's very hard for me knowing that she doesn't need anyone <laughs> um, but it's building a really good person and a really strong independent person mm-hmm. um but yeah and like we've said it, the struggle is at the end of a long hard day when this tiny bossy little person is up in your grill and you have no one to back you up and tell her that it is bedtime whether she likes it or not you just kind of like yeah 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 100 and like some nights like that i don't want to admit but i'm here i am i'm about to admit it there's been nights where i'm like here's the tv remote you do you I'm heading to bed. I'll see you in the morning. And I woke up in the morning and I'm kind of like, 
this kid's still watching TV. Have you slept? Like, did you go to the <laughs> Today's about to be an even longer day if you haven't. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to do that, though. Like, they will learn. Nate does it all the time because well, he's older now, but he'll put himself to it. I'm normally in bed by 8. He stays up, like, at 10, and I'm like, you do you. Fuck that. That's past my bedtime. I'm not dealing with it. <laughs> that happens. Yeah. Or my other option is that if she doesn't want to go to bed, I'm like, fancy sleeping in my bed. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so then we start that issue again where I'm like, back in my bed, have to fight her the next day as to why she can't sleep in there. Yeah. At least I got a solid night's sleep. But yeah, that's probably the struggle is like not having that backup person. And like I said, like I don't know any difference. So when someone does try and to try come into our life and they want to get to know my kids, I'm like, stay away from my kids. Yeah. Don't influence her. Yeah. Like, you, you know nothing. Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I'm very similar to both of you. I, I'm like you, Misha, in the sense that I haven't really known any different. Because yeah. when he was there back then, I don't remember anything because I have so much trauma from the domestic violent relationship. Number one, so I don't remember anything. But then thinking back, what it would be like to be with him raising my child. I'm having flashbacks of, like, horror. Um, yeah. He was not a bad person. He was just very young in the mind, you know, very playful, always wants to just go out and do stupid shit. Nate would probably be more like that, even though he's very similar to his father in that sort of sense. I'm like, but he would just be, like, <laughs> a lot more that I could not bear, if that makes sense. Um, and his dad wasn't really into all the emotions and things like that. So similar to you live, Nate's very emotionally intelligent, very aware of everything, what's going on, feelings and stuff like that. And they, I don't think he would be like that if he had his father around because it's more like men don't have feelings, just have a drink, get over it kind of thing. Um, and I wouldn't want that ugh, to be raised like that. Okay, pros and cons of co-parenting. This is a fun one. This is going to be a fun topic. I've seen Misha's face like, oh, gosh, here we go. Liv, over Hello. to you. What are the pros and the cons of co-parenting? Um, well, it's taken me a while to get to this pro. So my background is um, my son's father pretty much disappeared for 18 months of his life. Um, got a new girlfriend and suddenly wanted access to him. And at that point, he was 18 months old. So... I had gone that entirety raising my son, didn't know where his father was, couldn't get hold of him, like, endless. Um, and then he suddenly was just like, I was just like, no, like, my son's not safe with you. I wasn't safe with you, like, not happening. Um, I gave him the opportunity to have supervised visitation with me present um, in public spot, and I drew the line when... Um, I was buckling my son into the car and he just shoved me into the car because I wouldn't do all those types of things. So I just went, no, nah, that's it. I gave you a chance. Um, so for me, we then went down the court process. So unfortunately, I don't have a choice in the matter as to what happened with our parenting side of it. So we started off with supervised visitation and it took like a good 12 months for him to gain unsupervised. Um, when he did, then um, my son was turning around saying, Dad's hurting me. Um, so then obviously we're still in court. So I had to fight very hard to go back. We cut access for a period of time um, while someone undertook like a full psych assessment and all of those types of things. Um, and then I had to also, um, and then, yeah, we started supervised again um, and then supervised changeovers and all of that. So um, we had a long period of about two and a half years in the court system and ups and downs through that process. Um, we've been out of the court system for just shy of 12 months now and he has, slowly gained his time up and we've just started um, one night every fortnight um, and it's going really well. So, um, you know, his dad stepped up. He knows that he stepped out of line at all 
um, I will cut access and start the court process again. Um, we've had that conversation. Jake's come home and said something's happened, like his girlfriend smacked him. I've said to him, mate, our order specifically say no um, physical discipline whatsoever. If he says it again, you're breaking the court orders, these are the things. Um, and I've just said, she or you or anyone lays a hand on him again, that's it. I'll start the process again. Which um, So ever since that particular time, he hasn't, honestly, he hasn't stepped out of the line at this point in time and it's going well and the little fella is adjusting really well to it. It's taken some time mm. but we've gotten there. So um, every second weekend he has him on a Saturday night and as time progresses, it will slowly increase. Mm. Wow. And if everyone wants to hear Liz's full story, there's literally a big podcast episode about her experience and bloody what, 80 grand in debt and just for the courts and all this sort of shit. So that's so many people go through it all. So I definitely yeah. listen to Liv's podcast episode about that. And Misha, what about you? Um, so it was quite a messy start. Um, now it's okay. But, yeah, at the start, like, because I was 15 weeks pregnant, it's not like I could drink my sorrows or go and live my best life to get over it. Mm. I was turning into this fat beach whale while he was, like, off doing his thing. Um, so I was on this emotional roller coaster where I was just being an absolute bitch. Um, and I'll admit that and like I've apologized for it. Um, I kind of once my daughter was about to be born, um, so I had a scheduled C section birth and when that was scheduled we went to the appointment together because we were still like on this kind of amicable half amicable terms. He came to that appointment, we scheduled it because it was going to be between his bodybuilding shows, so he'd be able to go to Perth, fly back, fly to Melbourne with this one-week-old baby because bodybuilding life. Um, so he knew exactly when this kid was going to be born. Two weeks before my scheduled birth, he cancelled my private health. That covered me and the baby going into the private hospital to have this scheduled birth. Um, how I found out was because the hospital was trying to process all my paperwork and we're like, you have no private health. I'm like, yeah, what? <laughs> um, the health company was good, like, when, and when I checked, like, my emails and it said, like, thanks for contacting us. I called them on time. I didn't contact you. That was not me. They popped it onto continuity, blah, blah. All went through, but I was like, everyone can take a ride. Yeah. So... By the time I got out of hospital, so we were in hospital for six days. On the sixth day, as I was leaving hospital, I was served for court. Um, they had, the family had submitted um, a thing to the court saying my child was at risk of child abuse. Um, we'd only just, she had only just been born, we'd been in the hospital. What? It was impossible, but that was the thing. So by... And I'm obviously calling my lawyer hysterical, like, what the fuck is going on? She goes, you don't. Like, I, was like, I can't even, to go to this court date, I can't even drive by that stage post my surgery. Um, she's like, no, do not come. But I will go. I will sort it out. So at three weeks, so when my daughter's three weeks old, was the first court hearing. And, yeah, basically my lawyer was like, this is a joke. The judge was a bit like, this is a joke, like, it's, it's just leave her alone, basically. Um, the family had said to their lawyer, like, we want costs because she's wasted our time. She's not even here today. And the judge was like, no, you've wasted our time. You brought us here. She's not covering any costs. Like, And so that was the beginning of the worst 12 months of my life. Um, it was just court date after court date after court date. Um Again, my parents just backed me, so, like, I'm in a lot of debt to my parents, but they just, they dealt with it. I had to go to all the lawyer things, the court hearings, all of that. Um, the judge at that point basically said, leave her alone for six months. I'll see you in November. Um, and I 
agreed to go and do supervised visits and all of that stuff. So technically I didn't have to do that because the judge said leave her alone and I'll see you in November. Um, but I did that. I did the supervised stuff and it was still hairy and I was still the world's worst person because of supervised business. But there was no acknowledgement of the fact that if I just listened to the judge, you wouldn't even know this kid until she's, you know, nine months old or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was a long road to our co-parenting thing because it was, any time court was coming up, it would just turn upside down again and everyone hated everyone and mm-hmm. everyone was just being pricks and we just couldn't agree and it's because, like, I was breast, I breastfed for a whole first year and there was no understanding of that. It was like, we'll just express and give up the milk and it's like, chitties don't work like that. Yeah. Like, if I'm expressing, I'm then going to start producing more milk and this, that, yep, like there's more to just, here, have some liquid gold and take my kid for as long as you want. Um, and there was no understanding or acknowledgement of that. So I was, of course, the world's worst person. Um, and it took, yeah, a good, like, year for me and my ex to sit down and have a conversation and say, this is fucked up. Like, what are we doing? Mm. We don't, like, we're getting nowhere. We're going in circles. It's costing an arm and a leg. For what? Like, yeah. you know, this is just stupid. And we we had so many arguments and fights in the time that we've been co-parenting, but it was at that point where we said, fuck the system. Let's just work it out. We have to get along. And on the days we don't, just stop replying. Um, and at that point we decided let's skedaddle to Melbourne, not together as a couple, but as a family we decided let's relocate like everyone in Darwin knew our business knows who we are everyone had their two bobs to say we went to Melbourne and that went that went well until it didn't yeah um it was always whenever a girlfriend came in he wanted more access and he wanted to change it up and um and because there was so many girlfriends I'm like stop introducing these girls to my kid like you have this kid three nights in a whole fortnight separate the two lives like I only have three nights in a fortnight off and no man has ever met this kid like yeah just stop and so it was yeah it was always that that came into it and then whenever the girlfriend was gone it was like hey do you want to be friends let's go shopping oh so it was it was it's it was so hot and cold but now it's since I've moved back to Darwin, we do get along a lot better. It is a bit shit because obviously he only sees it when he can fly up. So I think since I've been back, he's seen it like twice. Yeah. And I've been back for like over a year now. Um, but COVID obviously didn't help that situation. Um, but I do think we get along being apart. And I I deal with his parents probably more than him because they see her every fortnight now. Yeah. Um, which we obviously had a bit of a rough start to the separation because him and his mum are much the same kind of people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it was, it was a tough first twelve months, but now it's getting easier. And I think also as she's gotten older, I'm very much like you. Tell me what you want to do. If you want to go to grandma's, let me know. If you want to come home, tell her. Like, do what you want to do. Yeah. And so. I guess that works for him as well because if she doesn't want to do something, she's going to tell him and let him know and he has to take it for what it is. And I think it's obviously he realises it's not me that making that's making the rules. It's now a small human that rules the roost. Yeah, literally. I love that because Liv, if you've seen Greya, she's the most sassiest little thing I've ever seen in my life. But she will swear on her 16th birthday, tell everyone to get fucked. <laughs> She'll be like, nah, get fucked. <laughs> love it. She's growing up to be this strong-headed woman. I love watching her and her sass, that's for sure. And I guess I'm lucky or not lucky, I don't know how you see it, that I haven't had to deal with any of that sort of stuff because baby daddy literally disappeared, did not hear from him until I found out he was in bloody prison, bless him. And then him and Nate started conversations while he was in prison just to get to know each other. They got along like a house on fire. 
And then I always manage Nate's expectations with what type of person he is. I said he will tell you the world, but that man's actions speaks otherwise. And Nate had that full expectation uh, set for it. So I said once he gets out, I'm sorry to say this, Nate, but he will disappear again. Don't know how long, but he will disappear again. And literally, what is it? It was April, disappeared again. And then that's because he's got a new girlfriend. So similar to, I guess you, Misha, as soon as he has another woman, he just disappears. And Nate hates him. And I've never heard Nate say the word hate. And he's like, I actually hate him. And I wish I had another father. And it's like, you know, knowing this little nine-year-old has figured all this out on his own, if that makes sense. I don't think he's realized, like the baby daddy's realized how much of an impact he's had just by those sort of actions. And it's um, it's sad, but it's not like it's me telling him that, if that makes sense, because you always feel, they always think, oh, it's yeah. you saying that I'm horrible. No, he's figured this out going, you've disappeared, you've got a new girlfriend, but you can post on social media is literally what Nate said, but you can't contact me. Got it. And I went, done so Nate wants nothing to do with him anymore and that's on him that's not me I'm like okay cool I'm not saying shit and he's like don't even respond to him mum I'm like so he's probably thinking that I'm the bad one but I'm being told by a nine-year-old just like you Misha this person wants nothing to do with him so it's um interesting how things all work out isn't it and Gray is not at the age yet where she's like not him um she very much loves her dad yeah. and that's all good like he facetimes and stuff but it is like when there is a woman around like i guess when we lived in melbourne he was with someone who was a i don't know she was a nanny over in like africa or something so she'd been around kids so she was like i'm gonna be this kid's mom mm -hmm. and so he was on my case like he wanted like 50 50 again and all this shit but then as soon as she wasn't around it was like if he was going to have her he wanted me there too like he doesn't want to take the responsibility so when he's got somebody he's quite happy to have the responsibility because it's their problem not his so it's like he doesn't exactly disappear but then yeah when he doesn't have a girlfriend it's not like he's up my ass like yeah. trying to get access so yeah but she she loves him and my only fear is that as she gets older like Nate that she'll realise it's a bit like on and off depending on the circumstance and I don't I hope that she makes the right decision for her. I don't want to influence that all. Yeah. I just hope that it's not her own father that breaks her heart for the first time. Yeah, 100%. That's how it is. And that's what happens when they get older. They'll figure their own shit out and that's it. Yeah. Okay, mummy guilt. How do we deal with mummy guilt? Because I get this all this bloody time. Liv, how do you manage the mummy guilt? Um, so I really, um, like my biggest one is, oh, I work a lot. Um, like I don't work weekends, um, or anything like that, but, you know, everything is at kinder or daycare five days a week and he starts at 6.30 in the morning and he'll be lucky to be close to 5.30 at night. Um, and you're just like, shit, I'm waking this little thing up. Well, I'm exhausted by the end of the day. How are you not? Like, and obviously, like, they don't nap during the day at this age. Um, and then I really struggle with the trying to find time for me, find time that I, I'm at the level and standard of being the mum I want to be, mm -hmm. um, while still having a career that pays for everything for the both of us um, whilst trying to <laughs> get our futures and everything like that ahead. Um, and then, you know, you have, like, I have friends that work part-time and they're out taking their kids, like, ice skating or they're taking them to dance or they're taking them to swimming lessons. And then you're like, oh, I can't fucking fit in swimming lessons. Like, this is... A fucking thing that my kids should be doing and I can't fit it in in my schedule. I can't. And I'm like, I can't even do Saturday mornings because his dad won't physically do it on the weekends that he has him. So, and then you're just like, oh, he should be doing this, he should be doing that. So, um, the guilt hasn't stopped. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, and yeah, unfortunately, 
I don't think I will. So just like to live with it. Yeah. That's probably me. And I think the worst thing is when you have like all the, I guess, <laughs> like the funny story is I never go to Nate's school like ever because I'm like you fucking busy in the city in and out kind of thing to the point yeah. where everyone thought Nate's daycare lady who's Filipino <laughs> was his mom because <laughs> they'd never seen me before and then the one day I went into his class don't even know why but I went in there and then the teacher was like oh are you his older sister and I'm like oh my god <laughs> And then I was like, looked at Nate, and I'm like, yeah, I'm your older sister, like kind of thing, playing off it. And Nate's like, no, this is the mum. The Filipino lady is not my mum. This is my real one. And I was like, what? Like, I had no idea what was going on. And then I just went, oh, my God, that's a mummy guilt. Never there, because lucky those ladies are like, you know, stay-at-home moms, do whatever they do. But I'm just the ghost mum that fucking rocks up randomly once a year now. Don't you love it? <laughs> Misha, what about you? How do you manage the mummy guilt? My mummy guilt is probably very different to, like, you both um, because for me, I kind of, once I had my daughter and realised I was doing it on my own, I was like, fuck work, fuck my career. That's the future Misha problem. Um, and so I had to fight for it, but it took about six weeks before I was like, I'm going part-time, I'm not working full-time until this kid is in proper school. And I said that, but then I realised school finished at 2.30, so I'm staying part-time for a long time. <laughs> um, but basically now I work, I still work Monday to Friday. When I was in Melbourne, I worked from home one day a week, had one day off, and the rest of the time was in the office. Um and although in my second job during the time that I was in Melbourne, I was back working full-time once Gray got in, I got a spot at Crash full-time. That I felt pretty guilty about because we were having like 12, 13-hour days. Mm. Like we were on the train for 40 minutes in. She'd get dropped off and because like I was doing a comp prep, she would get dropped off to school the second those doors opened. I'd go to the gym do what I needed to do, then I'd start work and then I wouldn't finish work because I started work late, I'd finish work late. So then I'd pick her up late, then we've got a 40-minute trek home and for me to get eight hours sleep, we kind of got home, shoveled some food in the mouth and went straight to bed. Mm. So I did feel guilty then because I felt like, fuck, this kid has no life outside of crash. And, like, thankfully at that crash, they fed them every meal. So she was... I'd wake her up as we got to crash because I'd moved this sleeping child from her bed to the car, then from the car into her pram and then onto the train. And so when we'd get to crash, I'd be like, morning, we're at crash. <laughs> um, and they would feed her breakfast, like all the meals through the day. They'd feed her dinner before I picked her up. So it was beneficial, but that's where my girl came in because I was like, fuck, I really do a whole lot of shit all for this kid. Um, and then since coming back from to Darwin, yeah, I work 9 till 2.30. I go pick her up from school and then I come home and I work from home in the afternoons and, like, on the days that she does have, like, swimming lessons. I fucking hate swimming lessons. 10 out of 10 don't recommend going. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll work it out. Um, but on the days, like, she has swimming lessons, I just don't work from home in the afternoons and play catch up the next morning in the office. Um, but, yes, yeah, so I guess my mum guilt doesn't come from work because, I'm very much, at, when it comes to work, I'm like, hey, this is just a part-time job, my full-time job's at home. And I make that very clear for work. But my guilt, I think, comes in at home because when she goes to the other side of the family or she goes to my mum, I think especially the other side of the family, because they only get her for a small amount of time versus what I have her, their whole focus is her for that whole time. And so it's like they're on the ground playing, they're doing this, they're going to the park, they're going to the donut shop and they're, everything they do is just purely about what she wants to do and playing with her. Because I have her full time, I'm like, can you just play on your own? Like, I just want to sit here in silence. Yeah. And then that's when I start to feel guilty because I'm like, she just wants to play with you and you're too tired. Like, yeah. get it together. So my guilt is, yeah, I think it's just comes from because I am on my own I am too tired to mm. 
play and sit on the floor and draw a puzzle and have a child tell me what to do, I'm just like, no. Yeah, 100%. And similar to both of you, my guilt is definitely having time at home, especially my life is chaotic. Chaotic with what I do, podcasting versus you know, the career I've got and I'm always traveling and I've got conferences and I'm fucking doing all this shit and Nate's like, what do you do? But you can come home and buy a test. So I'm like, I do this for us. Like the hours that I put in kind of thing, but it's good now at an age how he's eight or you know, nine. And he's like, mom, you can go have a sleep or have a you day. Like he'll tell me because he knows that I feel bad or he's actually learned to incorporate his little hobbies into mine. So I'll be like, look, I don't want to play and do fucking games or whatever, but I'll read a book outside in the sun with you and he'll come do that kind of thing. So he's learning to adapt to me, which is lovely, but it's the guilt of I haven't got time to go take you to fucking movie world or swimming lessons or whatever it is, but I communicate that with him to go, look, I might not be able to do that every week, but I will take you for a long weekend to the Gold Coast, you know, every sort of quarter and stuff. So we sort of negotiate as if he's my husband, <laughs> like a little husband trying to negotiate time and schedule him in, but he's understanding of why I do what I do, if that makes sense. But I know I work too hard or too long as well. Like you said, Misha, 13, 14 hour days sometimes. And you're like, fuck, what is it all for? <laughs> like sometimes. That's the thing. I, I did that for however many months I was doing that. And that's when I was like, fuck this. My career can yeah. wait. Like it, it'll come a day where I'll either go, ah, I can't bother with a career anyway. Or I'll go, all right, cool. She's old enough. Let's settle down enough. Let's do it. Where, yeah, at the moment I just say to my boss, I'm like, I've got to full-time job at home like yeah this the fire that's going on here ain't my fire yeah exactly i don't get paid enough that's what i say <laughs> that's not my yeah. problem i don't get paid enough not my issue well I, I probably take the piss a bit i definitely get paid enough to care but i just... <laughs> i love that the honesty <laughs> my last sort of final question for us is around dating as a single parent oh my gosh Liv, what has been your experiences? And the other thing to that question is, what do men, do you find men, do men like, you know, single parents or some of them like, I don't want to deal with you and your baggage kind of thing. Like, let me know your experiences with that. So Liv, how are you going pulling that face? Of it. 
um, yeah, so this particular one guy was like, no, I just can't do it. And I was like, I totally respect that. Like, but like, you are 36, so good luck trying to find someone in that age bracket that yeah. doesn't have a child realistically. Um, anyway, interesting about two months after that, like we didn't talk, we didn't communicate anything and then he slid into me DMs like when I had something up and he's like, I miss you, like can we start hanging out? I've realised that you're having kids compared to what else is out there. Just more than well and truly outweighs it. So um, we started hanging out again. Then I realised it wasn't for me. <laughs> um, so that's um, a circle of life. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but other than that, like I honestly, I haven't really found a lot of guys um, have had a significant problem with it. If that makes sense, it's kind of standard. The biggest um, issue that I find is they want to know what the relationships like with that father or parenting and um most recent one that I got asked was how do you go managing the life that you live because you don't sit still like I go to the gym I work out I've got awesome friendships and I'm barely ever home to be entirely honest and they go how would I fit into that like will you slow down and have time for me um, <laughs> and I, I make time for the people that I want to make time for and I'll make time for you if you're worthy of having that time. Um, and then he also like, said to me, like, can you have weekends away and everything like that? And I'm like, yeah, like, I've, I have every second weekend off. I have great family. Like, I go away with my friends. I've gone into state and left my little man with my parents or friends or um, with his dad. So it's not restrictive in that way. So, yeah, and the biggest one is a lot of them, they're like, oh, I've dated a single mum and she just won't stop speaking to her ex and it's more than just. And I was like, honestly, the ex and I, the only thing we will message about is, hey, by any chance do you have um, Jake's Catman do jacket? Because... Lord knows I ain't given up expensive clothes to that person. Um, and secondly, hey, can we change over um, at a different time? That is all we communicate about. And our changeovers, we have a quick chat, which will last five minutes and away we go. So other than that, I have no communication with the father whatsoever. So, yeah, that's probably my biggest one. Mm. Amisha, what about you? So... I've tried on and off dating. Um, <laughs> I would definitely say I'm not the best choice. Uh, I'm not the best at picking good people. Welcome to the club. <laughs> oh, and like club's quite big. Yeah. <laughs> I'm VIP. Um, and like the people that, like you said, there's like someone who you'd want your son to grow into, kind of thing. Those kind of people, when they present themselves to me, I'm like. Not you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think it's like because there is so much that maybe I think I've unpacked but low-key haven't unpacked until it's I'm in the moment. Um, like when these people that do present themselves to me and they want to be part of my kids' life and they want to be that influence, which, you know, her dad isn't full-time in her life, you know, her biggest influences of my dad and my brothers. Um, so these people that do want to get to know her and help me and all of that, I'm like, no, 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 I can do this myself. Don't try and stop me. Back off. And so then I find myself going for people who aren't really interested in having that family life and then I sit there all sad like, why? <laughs> um, <laughs> so... I'm probably my own worst enemy, like my own worst enemy when it comes to dating because what I think I want when it's there, I don't want it. Mm -hmm. And then the things I go for don't want what I have. Um, I guess it's, I have been back in Darwin, I am lucky because my whole family's here. So if I wanted to like get out there and do things, my parents are always happy to have my daughter. 
So I do have my time off from her um, when I want, and my kid is a very easy kid, so my parents are quite happy to have her. Um, but, yeah, it's hard. I find that for the dads, like, women are always, like, we're maternal. It's just natural. Like, most women would be quite happy to take on someone else's kid and just deal with it because, like, that's what we were built to do. Where I find, like, men it is sometimes harder. They think, yeah, it's cool, you've got a kid, until it comes to the crunch and your kid's vomiting on the floor. It's like, is that man going to be man enough to help you clean up this kid's vomit at 3 a.m.? Yeah. Or is he going to be like, I'm not dealing with this? Um, and I think that's what I start to consider when I am dating. But I still find myself going to these people that I'm like, oh, that man's definitely not going to help me, but how you do? <laughs> Do you also um, think from the perspective, I don't know about you guys, but I always find you see a guy with a kid and you see him being a good dad, he's 110% hotter. You're just like, oh, you're caring, you've got this great soul. So they look like bloody Fabio. Like, honestly, you're just like, oh, my God, you're a good dad. Hello. Like, yeah, that's where the whole daddy line comes from. Yeah. <laughs> But, when, but my problem is, yeah, when these men that are good with kids present themselves to me, it, I get this weird defense thing that comes up where I'm like, I don't need a man. And you just need to remember that like, I've got this. So put my kid down. I'll carry her even though she weighs half my weight and I'm dying. <laughs> like, I can do this. Back off. So I think, I don't know if maybe... I'm not fully independent. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm not fully ready to give up my independence and as much as I think I'm ready for a relationship, maybe I'm lucky. Not at all ready because I'm just I've got my little routine with her and trying to fit someone else into our life. I always feel like they're trying to change what I'm doing and they're probably absolutely not, but I'm like, You're in my way, move. Yeah. Do you reckon too that like you fear someone coming into your kids' lives and then they disappear. Like my biggest fear is like Jake has only met one guy. Um, and my biggest thing is like I don't want a guy to come into his life and form a bond and then I go, oh, this isn't what I want. Mm-hmm. And I break his heart because I've gotten rid of something that he loved because it wasn't right for me. Yeah. And that is a hard one because I've got, bless him, I've got a friend who we are now, like, just purely friends and, like, he's one of my best mates, but that man would, like, move mountains for me. And we tried to, like, date before I moved to Melbourne. Um, and to this day, like, Greya still loved him. Like, she has sleepovers at his house and stuff like that. Like, they have this little thing. And... In my heart, I want that so badly for the both of us. But for me, it's just that spark is not there and there's nothing I can do about it. Like, I can't. And my dad, he's grilled me all the time. Even just yesterday, he was grilling me about it. I think you fucked up there. Like, you're going to wake up one day and you're going to regret it. And I'm like, bro, I know. I know one day I'm going to be like, you fucking idiot. But I don't feel it. And there's nothing I can do about it. And so I just make sure I keep that friendship and Greya has that person in her life but yeah that is a fear is like if someone comes along and then they're like me after three years like mm. like it's not just me with the broken heart this poor kid's got another bloke that's just mm. half in half out kind of thing yeah I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves as women because I don't know if a single dad would think of things like that. Does that make sense? Like, I think some certainly do. Yeah. Like, really do. Because, like, I've got, like, a single dad that's a mate. And he's, like, the one thing that, like, my biggest fear is that, like, my kids fall in love with this person mm-hmm. and it doesn't work out and I break their hearts, like, because they've lost it. So there's definitely men mm-hmm. out there that certainly do. So that's good There's time. definitely one that don't. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not discrediting that, but yeah. I also think that some women yeah. don't think about this at all either. So mm. yeah, we're both like equally bad with each other sometimes. Yeah, 
There we go. So eventually we will all find our people and then we'll have to come back and tell everyone how we did it because looking at all of us, we are so far from it. <laughs> yeah, I always, I always think like I'm pretty close, like this guy seems like legit. And then you get a girl in your dance like, hey girl, how's it going? Like, happened again. Yeah, one of those. But how long have you both been single for? <laughs> how long have you been single for, both of you? You go first. Um, I've literally been single since 15 weeks pregnant. I've dated on and off. Like I had this kind of, I guess, if I'm calling my boyfriend, I just say I had a situation mm -hmm. um, when she was about two months old and that lasted for like maybe two or three months. And he like obviously met Greg and he was staying at my house and all of that. But like Loki, he was driving my car with my baby seat to other girls' houses. So... I don't count that relationship, no. but basically I've been just, yeah, I've been on and off with people all over the shop, but nothing as far as the actual relationship mm. goes since, yeah, since I was pregnant. And Liv, how long have you been single for now? For a while, like I slipped from my baby daddy just, well, close to five years now, but I've had an 18-month relationship in that time. Um, but I've been single closer to two years, so, mm. no, we'll see. Yeah, maybe three. Because uh, I'm four years. Yeah. And I've been traumatised, so <laughs> I don't think I'm going to date ever again the way I've got over. Like, Yeah, fucking hell. I mean, she knows, because she knows fucking both of them. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, Fucked up there twice. Hopefully a third time to charm. But do you know what was so weird about that relationship? Like when you lived down the road and we came over for dinner that night. Mm. That night I thought something's fucking off. Like, and because that was my first time meeting you. And I was like, this girl is fucking, something's off. Like something's not right. And you were at the stove at one stage and you were like hunched over when he stood next to you. And I, my eyes like twitched and I was like, the fuck's going on here? Mm -hmm. And then all this time later, all this time down, I'm like, I fucking knew it. <laughs> <laughs> fucking knew it. But the funny but thing like, is, all the guys knew that's what he was like, but no one ever said anything. Yeah, well, I, I had no idea. And, like, my ex never said anything to me about it. Mm. But when I watched you, the way you were in your body language, I was like, what's going on here? This is a situation, and I would need to know. I need to know what's going on. Exactly. But no, yeah, no one ever said anything. And then when obviously you came out of that, I was like, I was on the money. And I remember, like, it was years later because we kept in contact, and you were seeing someone who was friends with my baby daddy. And I remember you messaging me like, "You were fucking. You had a baby to what? <laughs> you were like, how did you even get her? And he's like, ooh. <laughs> They they were friends. I mean, they were living together. They were roommates. And I was like, and because there was a little picture in his room of like something they had drawn for him. And I was like, that's the one. What the fuck? <laughs> I love it. Just a random text. How the fuck did you get with him? I'm like, okay, cool. Obviously, he's doing well in life. <laughs> that's good to know. <laughs> there we go. I saw him last weekend at the cafe. I was like, first of all, he's out. But second of all, oh, I still shake my head. <laughs> <laughs> the things that you do when you're stupid and young, like, there you go. So hopefully yeah, I have some silver fox guy that has no tattoos because it's funny, now that you look back on what the type you date, I do not find any guys that have all the tattoos and everything attractive anymore. So if one come up to me, I'm like, what do you want? It's just like they've traumatized me so much, that's not my type anymore. So maybe that's what I needed. I need a clean-skinned yeah. old man. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, opposite now. <laughs> well, I, I tried the whole, like, fishing from the other pond because, obviously, I always go to gym people and, like, my life revolved, revolved around the gym and all of that. And so I was like, all right, that's not working out for me. So I went with someone else. And this man would, like, drink after work and, like, his best shoes were his double pluggers. And it just, I don't know, it at first, I was like, you know, I'm trying something. He seems really nice. He doesn't, like, pop himself. And then he'd, like, want to always eat out. And, like, 
she would go to the pub after work. I'm like, don't you have the gym to go to? I'm like, this, I'm going to have steak for dinner. Like, <laughs> yeah, and it was very polar opposite that I was like, this is weird. Like, what do you do with your life? What do you mean you have a pub? Why? It's a Thursday. And, like, it was probably very judgy of me, but I was just, it was so foreign to me that I was like, don't, don't you have work tomorrow? Like, what do you mean you're having a beer on a school night? <laughs> so you need to find the in-between, okay? They go to the gym, but they're not like gym junkies like to what you've dated before, okay? That's, yeah. That's what you find. Right. <laughs> well, my last thing for all of you um, is what is your one tip for anyone that is a single parent right now just entering all of this for the first time? What's your one tip, Liv? Mine is know that the days are going to be bloody hard and it's going to be lonely, but how worth it. And secondly, no matter how amicable your separation is, please go and get legal advice and know your rights and your child's rights more than anything because as soon as someone starts dating someone, that is going to change and that amicable generally starts getting messed up. So protect yourselves and know your rights. Good advice. And make sure your mental health is in check and if Mm. it is not, get it in check as much as you can and look after yourself because mm-hmm. if you can't look after yourself you can't raise this little human the way you want to and you're going to have guilt and struggles 100% Misha your tip um, mine is 100% you can do it you can do it um, and if that man or woman whichever mm-hmm. whichever way it's going if that man is walking away and he doesn't want anything to do with your kid Love it. Love it for what it is because a man that doesn't want to be part of that kid's life is only going to hurt that kid. So accept it for what it is. It's going to fucking suck dick, but you you can do it and you don't need that person and you don't need that person to disappoint your kid like they've just disappointed you. So just if a man is doesn't want to deal with your kid, doesn't want anything to do with your kid even though he made that kid, let it be and you will be grateful for it later because you won't have to deal with the things that we've obviously dealt with. But there is a man out there that will, and he'll be waiting. He'll be there somewhere. There you go. Now, you've got to take your own advice now, Misha. But he's out well, there. I, give advice, I don't take advice. <laughs> Just take that. I give great advice to someone whose life is off. I love that. Thank you so much to both of you for uh, joining us today. I know we went over time, but there was so much that we could have, like, you know, talked about. Um, but honestly, thank you so much. I hope it helps so many other women and men, if you're listening. I'm sure you can relate to all of this as well as single daddies um, as well. And reach out to Liv and Misha on Instagram. I'll, I'll obviously put all their um, links and everything in there just in case you want to ask them any questions. But honestly, thank you so much, girls. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Thank you for being you, staying true to who you are and wanting to change your life and taking action by listening to this podcast today. We are all here to be better humans and to be kind. But remember, empower people, empower others to be the change that they want to see in the world and in their lives. So let's fucking do it.